Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of I Cast Fireball, an actual play 5e D&D adventure where we go through the campaign, Tyranny of Dragons. I'm Thomas, your DM, and around the table we have... Malamara. Lance Thalen. And Fleeple. Last we left the Jank Squad, it was a shopping episode. A very nice, fulfilling shopping episode. Getting ready for the road trip where they briefly considered flying on Pegasus or Giant Eagles, but decided to go with the land mounts of horses all the way to the Well of Dragons. Finally taking care of the Demonomicon and putting that so to speak, to rest. The party focused on the journey ahead and reacquainting themselves with each other after this year-long break. We ended with Fleeple having a vision from Bahamut and receiving a gift from him before journeying out on the road before. And that is where we join our adventurers this week on I Cast Fireball. So, Jank Squad, we've got a two-month journey ahead. Mal, thanks to your prodigious survival skills, the journey is going to go faster than the armies, and you will not have to worry as much about foraging and getting food at this lake in the journey, at the very least. But, before we go any further, I'd like everybody to roll a d6, please. <laughs> well, that's a one. We're off to a good start. Okay. A four. Oh, <laughs> rolled and I'm like, eight. Oh, wait, that's a D8. <laughs> <laughs> four. All right. A one, a four, and a four. Great. Your journey is pleasant. You guys are chatting away, enjoying each other's company. Again, rediscovering um, each other and what you've been up to over the past year in full detail as you have quite a bit of time to talk amongst yourself. I open it to the Jank Squad if you wish to share or ask any particular information amongst each other. Let's see, this is uh, more of a logistical thing, something I thought of right as we ended last episode. Would it be possible for me to have bought one last thing before we left Waterdeep? Oh, what one last thing? Oh, you know, no, just a, uh, just a gem-encrusted bowl worth at least 1,000 gold pieces. Ah, yes. Easy enough to do in Waterdeep. You may buy that. Absolutely. Good. That's going to be very handy later. Am I taking that out of the party fund? No, if you'd like to, it's definitely going to benefit the party because that's the component for Heroes Feast. Sure, I will take it out of the party fund. Great. And you can cast Heroes Feast. That's crazy. Very good. Yeah, I leave it up to the Jank Squad uh, as you discuss funds and talk about the things that you bought and uh, reimbursement needed. <laughs> Being like, can I get that 1,000 gold uh, from the party fund, please? And amazed that the party fund wasn't stolen from Lance over the past year uh, as well. That's probably quite a feat as well. I leave it to the Jank Squad if you wish to ask, discuss, probe um, each other what you've been up to. Yes, it is quite surprising that you managed to hold on to that, especially with Ralph around. How's Ralph been doing? I didn't tell anybody about Ralph. No, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, that man. Um, he's He is exactly what he's always been. He is a clueless, idiotic mastermind. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what he's continued to be. Yeah, 
he, he's doing well. He's definitely, he's definitely loving life because, I mean, part of part of what we were doing is to undercut Vandal's efforts, and that means that for the Zentarum, Vandal's kind of on the outs, and Ralph is as regrettably as I see it. Ralph has kind of taken over that role. He's he's kind of in the upper echelons now. Well, sounds like he's set up a pretty good retirement for himself eventually, if he survives that long. I don't know too many people who've been able to retire from the Zentarum. Most of them either die in the Zentarum or are killed by the Zentarum. So, not sure about the retirement efforts, but yeah, he's at least in the moment doing rather well for himself. It sounds maybe not entirely too dissimilar from the adventuring life. No dying in the adventure or getting killed by the adventure. I do... I do wonder what's what's going to happen once we, uh, once we stop all of this. Once we stop the cult? Yes. I mean, my, my whole shtick for so, so long has been, you know, to stop Tiamat to stop her servants here on the material plane and eventually that's that's going to happen we're going to stop the cult we, I'm just projecting that out into the universe I'm manifesting the future I want to see but once that happens I mean there's do, do I go back to the swamp do I go to Candlekeep I don't know I don't know what's going to happen I mean what do you want to do how was your year off of taking out dragons Ooh, it was exciting, but I, I'll admit, killing dragons is stressful. So if yeah. I could, yeah, <laughs> if I could find a different thing to do aside from killing dragons, that would be pretty nice. Um, hmm, honestly, that's a weird thing to confront myself with. I think I'm going to need to think a little bit about what I want to do when I don't need to do anything. I mean. If, you, if you're looking for input, I mean, you already brought up an option. You could retire. Or, I mean, I think big picture here, Fleeple. Yeah, you, you, you could say your whole life has been to, or purpose has been to fight the rise of Tiamat. But, I mean, really, your whole purpose is to stop the rise of anything that could destroy or hurt or not allow people to live their life. And I'm sure after this, there will be many more rises of other things that can be put down. <laughs> mm, I am pretty good at putting things down. What does that mean? What does that mean? I don't, I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> what, what about you, Lansdale? What are you going to do after all this is over? Oh, um... That's a good question. Um, I'm not sure. There's, I mean, See, it's hard. Like, it, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I mean, but it's it's different for me. I mean, you have a purpose. You have a, a reason to keep going. This huge, grand purpose. What I mean, your your religion, your faith, your your edict, your your values. You are a cleric, after all, through and through. I mean, that's what I've always thought of you as. Um, <laughs> yes, accurate. <laughs> I, I don't really have that. I'm, I mean, there's a lot of options. I could go back and 
somehow work in the Zentarum again. I could retire, but I don't see that happening. Um, you could start an endless power struggle with Ralph. You know, it will result in the death of one of us. <laughs> um, no, I'm just, I'm just joking. Hopefully. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe I'll just go back to Neverwinter. I always seem to find my way back there. Do you want to find your way back to Neverwinter? I mean, it's weird. Maybe it's toxic, but it's a, it's a town that can beat the crap out of you, but yet you... It's something that... There's just something there. I don't know. Maybe it's... It's just... There's a lot... There's a lot of memories tied to that place, and I've been running so long from memory, it's kind of nice to sometimes sit in it now. Helps me think more to create new ones. Hmm. Yes, that's kind of an interesting thing for me is I bought myself all these extra years and now I have to figure out what to do with all of them. So I guess filling them with memories is maybe not a bad way to go about it. Well, you know, there's always, there's the adage of youth wasted on the young and hopefully it won't be wasted this time around, maybe. That would be under the presumption that I am young, which by kobold standards, I have not been young for about 52 years. <laughs> Holy, what sleeper? I didn't know you were that old. <laughs> oh, I'm 57 right now. Oh my right now. gosh. <laughs> that's, that's like, wow, you're like, you're like the, the granddaddy of granddaddies for kobolds. Yes. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Uh, Malamar, how old are you? Well, don't know if I should ask this. How old are you? <laughs> Malamara laughs and looks at him. Uh, I'm 25. Not very old compared to your 50-year-old over there. Twice my age and more than three times as small. That's very true. So you've got a lot of life left ahead of you after this. I sure hope so. And as you let this conversation continue and go on, this is continue for days it's the road is bustling it is uh has quite a bit of travel to and from Waterdeep. so you you strike up conversation with uh fellow strangers or um you avoid fellow strangers as well as you go along the path um but after a few days um in fact a week and a half you find yourself um having not seen anybody for a good day and a half. In fact, you veer off a little bit of the trail. The trail goes by a very swampy area in particular. This swampy area, it's difficult terrain for, uh, to travel long distances and the horses may have to take a few breaks here and there, but it is enough for you to just be taking a, a rest. Now, I'm gonna have everybody roll a perception check. Say 23. Mm, okay. 13. Five. Fleeple, you, your ears perk up and um, you sense some uneasiness from the horses. And as you sense this uneasiness, you uh, don't know exactly where it's coming from. You do hear some noises amongst the swamp. Now, this swamp is not just barren wasteland where you can't see anything or everything is visible for miles and miles. There are trees that uh, block... Um, your sight uh, some distance away, and you hear rumbling coming from not too far off. 
and it appears to be coming around uh, towards your general area, and the horses are uh, particularly skittish by this sound. Anything in particular you want to do uh, with this information? Hmm? Figure out what's making this noise. Okay. How would you like to do that? Gonna, you know, just slip up into the sky real quick and circle around. Oh, look at me. I'm just a bird. Don't worry about me. I see. You gonna uh, I'm uh, wild just shape? A bird. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a bird. Excuse me. <laughs> uh, well, I'll, I'll start with just uh, flying with my actual wings, but if, uh, if I need to be especially stealthy, then we'll see about actually turning into a bird. Okay. We'll have you fly um, as a kobold, and I'll just have you roll a stealth for that. Just to kind of like you said, you want to be like a bird. Uh, look at me. I'm just a bird. Oh, well, that's bad. That's a six. Mm, okay. Maybe I will turn into a bird. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what we'll say is uh, we'll keep your six stealth roll, but as a bird instead of a kobold. Uh, okay. If that works. So you start to fly up, and uh, Mal and Lance, as Fleeple says, I'm going to just fly up real quick. Um, you see halfway oh, okay. into the air just burst into a bird pigeon. A uh, general bird? Not a giant eagle, surely. A superb bird of paradise. Okay. <laughs> Gosh. That sounds good. Um, what is that? <laughs> a superb it's bird a, of it's paradise. A very, it's a very fancy bird. A very fancy okay. bird. They, uh, they, do, they do these cool dances where they uh, flip their feathers up into like the shield behind their head. And they, all, they shimmy back and forth. Oh. Yeah, da- there's the famous okay. David Attenborough. Yes. Okay. Look at the dunch. All right. Sounds good. I thought you were just talking generally of like uh, (laughs) you know a bird of paradise. paradise. So, as you uh, pop into this tiny bird, uh, you see not too far off actually three figures, uh, only about eighty feet from your current location, that are carefully walking through the swamp and they're trying to be stealthy but only due to the fact with how large they are it's not like they're trying to track somebody necessarily there are three giants that are in the swamp you can tell uh, there's a frost giant a fire giant and a hill giant all traveling together perfect Good variety and um mm-hmm. As you turn into this bird and you're flying over, you're fairly small, but being a superb bird of paradise, uh, the bright colors catches the hill giant's eye. And the hill giant kind of looks up and points at you and just starts like walking in your general direction uh, as the bird. And then the, uh, the fire and the frost giant are speaking with each other. Like I said, they're about 80 feet away from where Mal and Lance are currently. But there is uh, a bunch of trees that are currently uh, blocking uh, visual sight. Okay. Well, I guess you know I did roll a six on my stealth as a bird, so it makes sense. I'm going to do a little dance for the hill giant just to amuse <laughs> it, and then I'm going to go back to my friends. Okay. Uh, corn roll a performance check. <laughs> yes, performance. Oh, so <laughs> Super seven. Bird. Seven. As you do this, I'm going to roll to see if the hill giant is uh, <laughs> amused. Giant. Giant. Are you amused. not amused? Boom. Are you not entertained? This bird sucks. This bird's not superb. <laughs> this bird sucks. <laughs> throws a boulder at me. The swamp sucks. The charisma is pretty low. 
And uh, as such, <laughs> you try to do this dance, and it's like, <laughs> and it's gonna try and like come over and try to like clap on you. Obviously, you can yeah. fly above it, but it's gonna go. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I've, <laughs> I fly up out of reach, and uh, just kind of. <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. Uh, I'm going to sort of fly off in a separate direction until I can get out of this giant sight before uh, going back to my friends who maybe have heard the giant. Absolutely. Okay. Lance and uh, Mal, you hear this 80 feet from your current location on the other side of these uh, trees, and Fleeple flew up into the air, and you're like, uh, uh. I stealth. <laughs> <laughs> Get down. You're gonna try to distract it, Fleeple, going the other direction, because you're like, if I just get him far enough away, um, I can go over there. Uh, you know what? Let's in have fact, you roll. In fact, I'm going to fly in such a direction that, like, if the hill giant were to follow me, it would have to run into its compatriots. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm thinking the op- complete opposite direction of Mal and Lance. Maybe even like zigzag through the giants or no probably still overhead of the other two giants right yeah i just want to get this guy to like stumble into the other two giants i'm going to have you roll one more thing a look at me check listen listen let's see whatever it's going to be i only got a nine on the die so if it's performance that's an 11 I'm going to have to say performance at this point. Yeah, I mean, like, performance is drawing attention towards you. And have the hill jaw giant roll something as well. It's going to, it, it uh, sees you flying away, and it's like, stupid <laughs> pretty bird. Just this grating sound as, like, rocks are, like, grinding against each other. It, like, goes to, moves towards you and is like, <laughs> Like, too much, like, too much work to try and follow this bird. Uh, But it's got its eye on you. (laughs) The other two smack the back of the head. And they're speaking in giant with each other. Uh, But Mal and Lance, you hear this cacophony of noise not too far. And the horses are skittish right now. Um, And uh, they're starting to, like, clomp their uh, hooves into the ground, all four of them. Um, Lance and Mal, what are you doing? Mal will use her Eldridge invocation to use beast speech and speak with the horses and try to get them to calm down and be quiet. You said it was about 80 feet from us. Yep, yeah, it's, it's very close. Real quick before we go to you, Jacob. Uh, Mal, as you speak and you're like, hey, hey, what's going on? The horses are like, oh, crap, man. There's something like right over there. We can hear them and they're like, we can smell them and they smell awful. And uh, we're really freaking out, man. That's okay. That's okay to feel that way. It's perfectly it reasonable. Is not to feel- okay. It is perfectly reasonable. Shh. <laughs> it's perfectly reasonable. Mal <laughs> <laughs> just uses her, her uh, new uh, monk training to like be zen and like walk them through some breathing exercises. Breathe all the way in and hold it, and breathe all the way out and hold it. And I'm she's a horse, just man. I can't hold my breath. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have you roll animal handling with advantage, right. though, because you are literally speaking to their minds and hearts. An eighteen. Eighteen. I'm gonna roll. 
Uh, as you try to go through breathing exercises, they're like, these breathing exercises are not working, man. Like, and so you're like, all right, all right, all right. You, and you resort to just pulling out a bunch of sugar cubes from like Fleeple's pack horse. And you're like, how about these? And they're like, and they just start chopping away. And they're like, they seem tame for the moment. The, the, the giants were like 80, or the sound was 80 feet away. Yes, and you heard the clapping, boom, boom, and just the, you hear grumbling. And uh, do you know Giant? I do not. I do not know Giant. Um, so. Mal, do you? No. No, Mal, Mal doesn't know. Mal doesn't know that. anything. Okay. <laughs> while, while Mal's doing her, uh, her horse sense, Lance will be like, I'm going to go check out which way they're heading. And he will quickly but stealthily go toward the sound to see are these giants even heading in our direction are they just grumbling and moving on in a different direction i'm just I'm just checking out because if they're heading in our direction then other things need to happen so go and roll stealth check with advantage and this one will be with advantage because it's just based off sound because yep. visually they cannot see you it's gonna be 28 28 sounds good as you Slow, like slowly but deliberately go through the foliage, the trees, the dead wood that is in the swamp, avoiding like puddles and like uh, surprising, like uh, uh, avoiding any area that might be a uh, hidden puddle. You peek through and you see for the first time three giants, um, not 30 feet away from your current location. And you're like, oh. Uh, and that's when you see this bird that Fleeple turned into going away from them the other direction. So you see Fleeple, you're like, you're like, okay, Fleep is part of this. And uh, that's when the fire and frost giant like smack the hill giant back of his head and they start grumbling to each other. <laughs> and uh, the two, the frost and fire giant actually start talking to each other in like hushed tones and they look very angry with each other and just like they're pointing the frost giant being much taller the fire giant being um smaller than him uh they look to be in a tense conversation but they're currently not moving anywhere now that they're kind of distracted i'm gonna circle back around my way to get to my friends okay sounds good you circle back around said this time malamar i'll need another animal handling check but it's at the same time that fleeple as a superb bird lands in the camp, whether he's, you can stay in wild shape if you want, but um, it's, that's how long it takes as Lance's stealthing, observing. Now the initial batch of sugar cubes are gone. So they're like, okay, man, but they're like still over there, Mal. So go ahead and roll another animal hand in the check with advantage, please. Natural 20. Yeah. Woo! Oh yeah. I rolled a 16 and on that advantage, I just threw a 20. Nice. So uh, just so for our benefit, what's the total? 20. Oh, you don't have anything in animal handling? <laughs> My wisdom is zero. Has that not been clear this whole campaign? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> so uh, the horses are like, okay, okay. I'm starting to feel the buzz from the sugar here. So let's, uh, okay, I'll try. I'll try. Okay, uh, why don't you go through this breathing exercise, man? Because I don't want to die, okay? And so you start taking these horses through breathing exercises, just calming them down. And they're like, the four of them are like in this, ha- this semicircle, just staring right at you, Mal. And you're like, 
fanned out. And they're like... <laughs> they're in a yoga pose. We can go between Fleeple and Lance at this point. Um, whoever wants to take any action right now. The giants aren't moving yet. I'm, I'm waiting until they move. Okay. Fleeple, anything in particular? Uh, I'm going to pop back out of being a superb bird into just a superb kobold. And I'll kind of wrap with Lance, be like, so giants hate dragons. If There's part of me that's wondering, can we make, figure out maybe how to get these guys to help us stop the dragons? But at the same time, maybe we just let them do their thing and we go on our way and don't worry about it. Oh, wait, so you're with me like 30 feet from them? Yeah, so he, he flew over as a superb bird. Oh, to me. Okay, I thought he flew over the mountain. My bad, my bad, my bad. Without issues, able to get over to you. I mean, it's complicated, Flavor. Yeah, we could get the help, but we're two months away from where we need to go. That's a good point. Hey, guys, do you want to journey with us for two whole months to fight some dragons? Yeah, I'm not sure. And I don't... I mean, Flavor, I don't speak giant. I don't know if you speak giant. Manamala definitely doesn't speak giant. <laughs> I don't speak giant. Maybe it seems like they're having a bit of a dispute amongst themselves. This seems like a bad time to intervene. Possibly, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think we just... I'm just going to roll while you're having this conversation to see if and where the giants move is all. Okay. Um, I think, honestly, I just... I think we should hunker down. I'm going to see if they move. If they move toward us, then we got to act quick. If they're just going to start walking away, then, you know, they don't bother us. We don't bother them. Well, it, it appears to me that the, the horses, they want to go fast right now. So maybe we just maybe we just get out of here. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, while they're arguing, let's go. While this is happening, uh, the frost giant points away from your camp, northeastern direction, says something, and the, the fire giant just sort of like looks at him, and there's a tense moment. The fire giant slowly nods his head, and then the frost giant just uh, puts away uh, a large map that seems to be on some sort of like skin, skinned animal, like, and um, starts walking away from your camp in the northeastern direction. And the fire giant seems to follow after. And the hill giant has taken a small nap. And it's only after about like two minutes that it wakes up, sees the frost and fire giant in the distance, and just and stands up and just starts booking it towards them. The three giants going away from you, the jink squad. Okay, that, that problem resolved itself. Yeah, that was, that was pretty easy. We just, you know, let it be. Okay, uh, I'm feeling a little bit keyed up. Maybe we just have a quick little snack break. <laughs> the horses are just nibbling on like some of the produce uh, that Mal's like feeding them. Like, sorry, they really just needed to be calm. <laughs> All right, snack time. <laughs> <laughs> snack time. <laughs> Munchies. Yep. Good way to celebrate not getting the smash to a pulp by some giants. Yeah. There you go. Who knows? They could have saw well that done. rune on your head and been like, oh, it's a fellow brother. I forgot <laughs> about the rune on my head. Yeah. 
<laughs> the glowing rune. It's still there. Hasn't used it. <laughs> the real reason why you're a superb bird. Yes. <laughs> it's just glowing bright blue. Oh, man. Excellent. Great. Well, you start to keep, your journey keeps goes in a southeastern direction, passing through a variety of landscapes. And you do come across towns from time to time. Uh, you do have a map of the area. Uh, you do uh, go on the road. Sometimes you go off the road. But you're able to find um, some local villages. Question. Are we in the direction we are going? Possibly going anywhere near Greenest. Funny you should ask. First off, say, Greenest is not directly between you and the Will of the Dragons. But this is some of the same geographical landscape as uh, Greenest. If you were to go to Greenest, it would probably, you'd have to deviate maybe like 50 miles, or not 50 miles, but like 25 miles, unfortunately, to go south. It would be out of the way to the Will of Dragons. But um, it is, you are in the same region of Faerun, as Greenest itself. Some of the other villages that you come across um, before you even get to the general vicinity of Greenest or the Well of the Dragons, though, there is something... Uh, is there anything in particular that you want to glean from these villages or, like, farmers or people that you're passing by? Obviously, you restock every, every time you visit them. You try to, like, pick up on, like, general supplies to make sure things are up to date. I just wanted to give you an opportunity to, like, uh, ask if there's any questions that you wanted to ask. If not, we can keep moving on. I mean, the one question that comes to my mind is, have there been dragons in the area? A woman who's selling um, uh, some pottery, but also some some meal stuffs. She goes, oh, honey, you should ask. <laughs> uh, not two days past, we had a dragon sighting come from the south. Um... Big, nasty, black creature flying overhead. Thankfully, uh, we were in our home and it didn't stop. But I've never seen one in my life before. Uh, I, I was scared me and uh, my young ones as uh, she gestures over and uh, she has an older son in late teens who's s nodding solemnly. We were holed up in the uh, cellar for quite a while just to make sure that uh, we, no destruction, and but we didn't have to fear. It was merely a sighting, and just hearing its ferocious roars all didn't seem to care for us. But we're we're still quite close to, I would say, Waterdeep. Not uh, two weeks out, thankfully. Uh, we could have the Lord's Alliance be here and help us out if any real danger were needed uh, here, uh, over here. Um, but it is funny that you should ask such a question, and it just happened not two days ago. Um, which direction was this dragon flying? Uh, it did come from the south, but it was heading more east, east than us, I would say. Um, it seemed almost to double back on itself, uh, uh, which was a bit odd, but yes, indeed it did seem to be going more easterly towards the Honorok Desert. But maybe I'm uh, <laughs> uh, just... Uh, making assumptions here. Thank you. Thank you for the information. Yes, thank you, and thank you for your business, of course. We haven't had much people uh, come through our town uh, over the past few months, so I, any business is good business. As you continue to go in the southeastern direction, there are a couple things to note that seem to confirm, well, maybe not confirm, but cause you to wonder 
think upon uh, her words. The further east you go, the stranger the sights become. I say strange, but worse might be a good word for it. The worse the sights become. More frequently, there are farmhouses that seem to be left empty. And you know that they're empty. One, because the doors are open and there is livestock, particularly horses, left to graze in the fields unattended with fences that are broken down in parts. And again, this is a month after, so you're a month and uh, almost a month and a half into the journey now at this point. Um, towns, uh, that, the few towns that you've come across there seems to be a somberness to them and uh, what sh- you just get the general feeling that some of these towns that should be filled with a life are either half or nearly empty itself. And there are, the people are a little bit more skittish towards strangers or visitors and you find you have to move through those towns a little bit quicker, not to uh, any danger, but to maybe ease tensions. And it's more and more common for you to have days and days without seeing a wagon or a caravan on the road itself. Certainly nothing coming from the east. And in fact, this last stretch, um, as you're a month and a half into the journey, it has been almost two full weeks since you've seen anybody journeying from the eastern portion or anybody on the road itself more empty this landscape seems to become and there's a somber mood that the land has taken upon itself almost seems to be an unsettling dreariness coming from all the animals and landscape um, for each mile that you journey towards your destination and although each of you are buoyed up by your own hope and optimism you can't help asking yourself one question in particular where have all the people gone People on the road, the travelers, the townsfolk, the farmers, where have they gone? So this time, I'm going to have each of you roll another d6, please. As we are almost two months into the journey here. Four. Five. Five. Ooh. Five, five, and four. This uneasy feeling and the um, emotion you feel coming from each of the horses you start to be a little bit more on your guard. And Malamar, you actually take the party off of the road more frequently here. Just call it instinct, but it just feels like the right thing to do. And as such, for the remainder of a few days or weeks of your second month, it doesn't appear to be anything that catches your eye or is worthy of your attention, at least from an encounter standpoint here. Now... I want to ask, as you're coming up on these two months here, what has developed within those two months, if anything? Um, in particular, Fleeple, I want to ask you, have you thought about anything that you want to ask Bahamut or Fizzband, if you will, um, during this time? And Lance and Mal, if you have anything that you'd like to pipe in as well, um, feel free after Fleeple here. The thing that still kind of most intrigues me is the perception I had that there is high tension between the cult of the dragon and the red wizards that they're working with. And I can't help wondering if there's some way that we can use that to our advantage to weaken the strength of their partnership 
before we launch the full-scale attack. So I don't know if he would be able to give me any insight in regards to that, but that's the main thing that's just kind of been on my mind lately. Yeah, fair. Uh, and maybe uh, as you sit around the campfire, that could be uh, a point of discussion uh, from time to time as uh, each of you takes a moment to think about. So Mal and Lance, I'm sure um, if you have thoughts on those as well, you can contribute to the conversation. However, I will, as you pray and think about it, uh, Fleeple, I'll allow you to roll, let's see, to help bring you some insight. We can have you roll either a wisdom saving throw or a religion check if you'd like, uh, maybe to glean some thoughts from here as you've just been pondering it over the weeks and months. I'll go with the wisdom saving throw route, I think. Sure, yeah. Say modded 20. Modded 20, great. Before I impart uh, any information, Lance and Mal, any insight or contribution about how to this schism, this relationship between the Cult of the Dragon and the Thay Wizards that maybe you have been pondering or thinking about as well? No. I'm just enjoying the scenery. No. <laughs> um, yeah, not, I can't really think of anything that I can add to it. Sorry. Yeah, absolutely. Well, as you recall from your scrying, um, Fleeple, you... You know that the Thay Wizards definitely seem to be giving what the Cult of the Dragon wants, right? And there was that tension, and trying to, what can you do to drive that tension uh, even further, right? And this may be stating the obvious here, but if you could find what the Thay Wizards' true motivation is, right? Like, why did they agree to work with the Cult of the Dragon? What are they benefiting, or what are they gaining from this exchange? then perhaps that alternative option were given to achieve that goal. Maybe they wouldn't work with the Cult of the Dragon at that point, right? This is more just your thoughts as they're rolling on top of each other. And you don't know a tremendous amount of the Thay Wizards, but if you were to gain a little bit more about Thay Wizards or um, maybe to try and scry on a Thay Wizard or the civilization itself, you might be able to glean a little bit more information about that. Hmm. Is there any chance that Bahamut knows what the Thay Wizards want out of this situation? That is a good question. Give me one second. Oh, more than a second. Give, give, me, give me a little bit. All right. <laughs> Malamara. Yes? Fleeple's just in his own world over there. I don't know what he's doing. But um, we, we never asked you, what are you planning on doing after all this? Mal looks up at the foliage that they're under, the sun streaking in through the trees. You know, that day, uh, Fleeple was talking about retirement, and you were talking about going back to the Centara, maybe Waterdeep, and... Never would Non-Waterdeep. Excuse me, you're not right, never water deep. Apologies. I'm not, not going back not to Waterdeep. Water deep. <laughs> excuse me, Waterdeep. Nobody <laughs> wants to go back to Waterdeep. Nobody wants to go back to Waterdeep. And, um, I don't know if you remember this, but you guys had asked my age, and... Well, yes. Twenty-five. Yes. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, I just realized that I have so much of my life ahead of me. If you know we survive the coming war, I don't know. There's so much that I've learned since becoming a disciple of Bahamut, and so much that I've accepted about myself that I never thought that I'd ever be able to do. Maybe I'll go on adventuring, 
Maybe I'll travel more for myself, not just as some hired muscle for a caravan. I don't know, maybe I'll even fall in love. Things that I didn't think were open to me before. I mean, your life's full of possibilities. It's nice to see you looking ahead. <laughs> you didn't ever do that before. Praise be to Bahamut. Yeah, praise that guy. Um, yeah. yeah, you got, I mean, you got a lot of life, Adamon, relatively speaking. Mal looks at Lance. And she looks from his face to his scars along his neck now that they're exposed. And this is something that she's noticed from her horse several times over the past couple of months, but she's never had the gumption to ask about it. And subconsciously she reaches out and almost touches them. And then she draws her hand back. These look more than an old, a year old. Yeah. Yes. They're much older. Um, I think it's about 15 to 20 now. Yeah, about, about 15 to 20 years old. That's when this happened. Do you want to talk about it? And why this is, you know, the first time we've seen them? I mean, oh. it's it has been a couple months, but yeah, no. Um, you aren't wearing Callie's scarf, and no, um, no. I just got it on my head, wrapped it up around this really obnoxious helmet. Um, but it's going to come in handy a bit. Yeah, it's. I mean, there's a lot to it, and I was. This was when Vandal tried to kill me, and successfully killed my sister. I woke up next to her, dumped on the side of a road, and I don't know how I survived, honestly. Um, and, yeah. Uh, um, I hid it for a, while, a long time. As I said, it's been about 20 years from when it happened. But over the year that we were, well, even before that, what near the tail end of us adventuring before this big break of doing our own things to help the cause. I mean, it really, it's from, it was from what you were doing, Malamara. I saw you finally run toward, toward what you had been running from. And I decided to do the same thing for myself. And this is a part of me, whether I hide it or not. And I was kind of, even though I'm really good at it, done hiding. At that, Mal reaches out, and this time she actually does lightly trace her fingers along the scars. And she says, well, I'm really glad that you're here. And I'm glad that you're looking forward to. And I'm glad that you're not hiding anymore. Only for you. And... This weird kobold we found. <laughs> Such a weird kobold. He's, he's, he's an old ball, but you gotta love him. That's Fleeple. That's Fleeple. <laughs> yep, so she looks at, they look at him. What is he doing? And Fleeple is in earnest prayer with Bahamut, asking and seeking if 
he has any information that he can glean, <laughs> he can share. We're just talking crap. And Bleed was like having the most spiritual moment of his life. <laughs> <laughs> And Fleeple, you do get some information from Bahamut. Nice. Um, as uh, the bits that you glean and that you um, feel uh, as your mind wanders to the Thay Wizards, for it's not in exact words, but you do get um, definitive feelings as you think about the situation and as you ponder questions yourself. You ask yourself the question, well, are these Thay Wizards even a part of the general... Um, populace of Thay. And as you go down that train of thought, you gather from Bahamut, sort of like nudging you and guiding your thoughts to be like, these Thay wizards that are working for the Cult of the Dragon are actually exiled wizards or wizards that have run away from the nation of Thay. And so what do they want? Well, if they are exiled, they're probably looking for a new place of power which somehow, in some way, they've confused or they've decided that the Cult of the Dragon might be that place of power under a literal god, uh, the god Tiamat. That's sort of the, the nebulous thought process that you know has come from Bahamut that he's helped you arrive at. Mm. Okay, so all I got to do if I want to get the Red Wizards to stop working with the Cult of the Dragon is find another place of power for them, being the fact that they are exiles from an already very controversial sect of wizards. I mean, there are uh, the the knowledge that they are exiled. Um, I mean, whether that can give you information about how to stop them uh, from uh, helping the cult of the dragon might not be as helpful, but it might be helpful to figure out how they're going to react in a particular situation as well. Like if they're brought up against danger or against resistance maybe that could help influence how they're going to react but yeah maybe not maybe not the knowledge you were hoping for unfortunately okay <laughs> well this has just come to me though so maybe it's not a matter of finding them a different place to go to seek out power maybe it's just a matter of undermining their faith in the cult of the dragon as their savior as it were Mm-hmm. Mm, as their mm. refuge of power, so to speak. Yeah. Like maybe it's not going to be all power and undead. Yeah. We just convince them that this is not the place for them. And then they have to worry about finding a new place. We don't have to find it for. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, all of this comes to a head as at two months, um, almost to the day you start to, um, come across a landscape that is even more bleak than what you've seen before. Filippo, you remember how uh, that scrying uh, revealed no foliage? You've hit the barrier. You've hit the barrier of no foliage, and you see off in the distance um, almost like a mountain. And it's at this time you hear and can feel quite a bit of um, movement in the air some distance away. It's hard to see that there are chromatic dragons flying about this what looks like a mountain in the distance um, with little to no cover from here to there oh boy we gotta be real sneaky now yeah it's gonna be maybe a little difficult to be completely unseen not impossible but with four horses and with uh, the three of you 
definitely will be, it will take a little bit of work. Okay. It's a good thing I've got good berry prepared because these horses are going to get real hungry. Yeah, they are for sure. <laughs> well, this is about the time that um, as you get further into this uh, structure in the distance, it's going to be, you're going to be in cultist territory here. Anything you want to do to prepare? Um, Lance will get out the robes and stuff, which I've probably, I have informed the party about, like, hey, oh, look what I got. No, like, I, I have told you probably at the very beginning of the journey, hey, we got this stuff. All right, how are we, how are we, how are we, how are we, I'm sorry, I'm getting nervous. How are we doing this? Um, we have, we have an assortment. We can tattoo ourselves with this scroll if we want to just give us some more flashy flash. Um, we have robes of lower ranks, of higher ranks. We, I mean, there's a lot of things we can do. Hmm. I, hmm. My wings are interesting. I am a kobold, of course. It's not too difficult for me to get around in that way, but the fact that I do have these wings might make it a little more difficult for me to go by unseen. I, I mean... Fleeple, I do have a hat of disguise that you can put on. Oh, yes, that's good. And uh, if you don't recall, you'll know, you'll remember that the kobolds were treated very poorly yes. in previous uh, iterations of the camp. Even the winged kobolds, even though they were deferred to, they were treated horribly mm-hmm. previously. Let's see. I guess one thing I want to make sure I've got correct, maybe one of the things I can ask Bahamut about is... The fact that they have all of the masks combined together, that is what is giving them the ability and the power to raise this temple to Tiamat, correct? So there's a few elements to it that you were told from the from the cult, from Leo Sin, from the last Council of Waterdeep. I believe so. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here's what you were told and some of the assumptions that were made by the Harpers and some of the other organizations. One, for sure, the masks. The masks being joined together, um, they were created to be magical artifacts for the chromatic dragons in general, and combined together, they have created essentially the ultimate artifact for chromatic dragons, whom Tiamat is the god of, right? Two, they need the temple of Tiamat literally brought to this realm so that she herself could have a place or an anchor point uh, to come to. Third, there was uh, an intense, immense amount of gold that was being scavenged all across the land. And that had to be present for uh, Tiamat to essentially accept this location to pierce that veil. And then fourth, the last thing is that they, uh, there's some sort of like power that's needed to then rip open the fabric between the nine hells and the material plane the first three are clear the fourth one it's probably just the they wizards you know and, and their magic they're bringing the temple uh, so they're probably able to rip open uh the veil between the two as well but um the first three for sure are like this is what we know and then the fourth one was more of like an assumption of like and there's some sort of like power that needs to be made and the Thay Wizards are there to pr- to provide that power source, essentially, to open the veil for her to, to crawl through. Mm-hmm. Man. Okay, so maybe my brain is still in just blades-in-the-dark mode right now. 
Um, <laughs> what if we? Okay, so we shout out to our sister podcast, Improv Tabletop. Oh yes. <laughs> so I've, I've got my brain is kind of in heist mode right now, actually. So we've okay, got these sure. okay. these different. Not a terrible place to be right now. Yeah, <laughs> we've got these different factors in place that individually are combining together to make it possible for Tiamat to return to the material plane. And if we can remove one of those pieces from the puzzle, hopefully that'll stop the machine from working. The whole thing, right. Now, trying to destroy that palace, that temple, that's going to be difficult. Trying to get all of the gold and wealth out of here, it's possible, but probably more difficult because there's a lot of it, presumably. A lot, a lot, a lot of it. Enough for a god. Yes. That mask, that conglomeration of masks, is a thing that can definitely be physically stolen. It's probably under very tight security, though. That's the thing. That's exactly the thing. <laughs> of all of the thing, of all of the pieces to try and remove, that is the one. Like the the cult of the dragon, they obviously know that this this one object, if that's removed, everything is kind of yeah, everything falls. So they're definitely putting some very very high security measures around that mask. Do we try and heist the mask? So wait, so running through, <laughs> do we do it? Uh, the mask, the treasure, and what was the first thing you mentioned? Uh, the temple. So there's like four. The temple. Yeah, there's The raising things. of the, the temple. The temple is needed. The physical temple is the anchor point. The gold is the tribute worthy of Tiamat uh, accepting the location. The third is the mask, which is sort of like, um, which uh, we're, were kind of the key and then the fourth is uh was the assumption made of like and just some power source to literally rip open the veil between the nine hells and our plane long enough for tiamat to crawl through essentially which we um, assume is the intervention from the thay wizards and again if we can undermine their faith in the cult of the dragon as an organization then that also could remove one of those pieces but i i think that's I think of the options, those are probably our two best ways to go. It's just a matter of, do we want to try and sneaky, sneaky break through the harshest defenses in this entire operation? Or do we want to set out a long-term political ploy to try and undermine <laughs> the cult of the dragon? And this is not to say that once you get to the camp that you can't um, also try to ga gather and garner information like you did in the original caldera um, just outside of greenest i mean presumably you know that there are going to be thousands upon thousands of soldiers here so there it might be a little bit busy but what are three people disguised amongst thousands right so that might also be an option i wonder if there's any way to scout it out and figure out if one of those is a better option because maybe we just don't know enough right now to be able to pull off something but once we're in the camp we're like oh it's not as guarded as we thought or actually it might be really easy to take out the tribute yeah yeah they, we need to roll to gather information essentially yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's our like first thing we get in the camp we start info diving and then from there, we really can know. Okay, really, what's the angle? Because, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of 
there's a lot of potentials in everything. In sneaking, Lance is very good at that, but there's security, there's magic, there's a lot of things to go with that. In trying to create a political divide, which we did successfully at the Caldera, that's a lot of persuasion or intimidation or whatever we're using. And we, I mean, knock on wood, and we're <laughs> level 13, we could do anything. But uh, there was a lot of lucky rolls because we're not good at persuading. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, affirmative. Yeah. Okay, so what I'm thinking, it, it's time for the return of Amara, Jenk, and Vandal. Mm-hmm. We're going to... Probably need yep, a different original, name this time, though, <laughs> for me. <laughs> maybe. Maybe get a different alias this time. Yes. We go in there. We we ask around. Here, Here's the thing. The more people that we meet, the more higher-ups in the organization, the more people I can scry on more easily. That's True. something True. to keep in mind. And that's where wearing the higher robes it could get us into more places but at the same time it might have more trickery involved because we have to know things that higher ups know whereas if we wear the low robes we can we can move around probably a lot more freely but we won't ever get into the places where there's going to be a lot of good information can we do both spend a little bit of time at the lower levels and then Work figure our way, way out at the big yeah yes the only again, again, it's all potentials. The only problem with that is if someone notices, if someone who knew us in lower robes all of a sudden sees us in higher robes, then it's like, wait a minute, you were, you're just one of the bucket guys, and now all of a sudden you're walking with, you know, the people who can go into the kind of inner sanctum. Well, we do have a hat of disguise. We do a hat of disguise. A single hat of disguise. I think it's in our best interest to start at the lower levels where we can gain information more freely. And then as we start to gather that information, maybe one of us can start trying to infiltrate some of the higher ranks. It'd be risky going alone. Mm, But we got to start somewhere. So are you saying, sorry, I feel like I got lost in the sentence. Are you saying some of us are higher and some of us are lower? I think we should all splitting. I think we should all start low, and then if we feel like it's warranted, we can have one of us use that hat of disguise to try oh, and get into some of the... Yeah, 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 yeah. Gotcha. I dig it. I dig it. I dig it. Yeah. Let's go in. Let's let's pretend like we're trying to gain trust, and we're spying on possible spies, and then... Like the there. No. Well, it sounds like we do have a plan moving forward here on how to um, interact with the camp. So, shaky plan? <laughs> I I did not say shaky plan. Not. <laughs> I'll say it. <laughs> <laughs> moving forward towards the camp in the distance, you make your way deliberately towards the outcropping. And as you get closer, there is a din of noise that starts to just permeate your ears as thousands upon thousands of soldiers are upon the slopes of what you thought was a mountain but actually is a dreaded caldera and that's where we're going to end this week's episode Thomas, by the way, while we were kind of doing some stuff, or while, you know, while I was just sitting by, I realized in the Helm of Brilliance, I had to roll. 
for all these gems that are in it. Oh, yeah. And so I'm just letting you know, I have rolled. I have two diamonds in the helm. I have 11 rubies. I have 23 fire opals and 31 opals. Those are quite a few uh, gems that I was not anticipating. Well, it says roll 1d10 for diamonds, roll 2d10 for rubies, roll 3d10 for fire opals, and 4d10 for regular opals. Well, there you go. It's just a brining, bright, shining beacon before you. Yeah. It, that's why I wrapped the that's why I wrapped the scarf around it because I'm like this thing's gaudy. Um, <laughs> also, interesting thing. I, I'm just reading up on this. This is crazy. But it says if uh, if I take fire damage while I uh, if I take fire damage in failing a saving throw, I roll a d20, and if I roll a one. The helm emits beams of light, and every creature within 60 feet makes a 17 dex saving throw. And if they fail, they take radiant damage equal to the number of gems that are still in the helm. Wow. And then the wow. helm like, and the what, gems are 52? all destroyed. It basically goes nuclear. And there's like 52 gems in yeah. there. Oof. Yeah, there's a lot of crazy crap for this helmet. I also have resistance to fire now while wearing it. It's happening. We're here. It's, happening. it's happening. It's working. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. It's <laughs> happening. All right, everybody. Don't freak out. <laughs> my really only interaction or my introduction, I think, to the Wizards of Fae is from the Dungeons and Dragons movie. And so mm-hmm. every time we talk about them, all I see is the Wizards of Fae character from yeah. <laughs> that movie. I'll <laughs> see her. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not off on how they're uh, how they're portrayed in the book as well. So it's a ton of fun to see what, where the Jank Squad is going and how they're going to infiltrate. What information are they going to gather? It's oh, we've been building up all to this, folks, and it's it's a ton of fun playing and prepping for it. So as always, Jacob, Ned, Mickey, thank you so much for joining uh, in this wonderful campaign, especially as we're getting into the end game here. But listeners, thank you as you have been here along with us enjoying um, these adventures and uh, how uh, we're going to heist this mask or we're going to create this political divide between the Thay Wizards. Whichever option the Jenks squad chooses, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun and exciting. If you like what you're hearing, please leave us a five-star review in the podcatcher of your choice. Shoot us an email at iCastFireball2020 at gmail.com or reach out to us on our social media pages at iCastFireball20 on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and our Patreon page, patreon.com slash iCastFireball20, where we have some amazing tiers that you can join. I mean, the the best one that I think of is the Discord tier because then you can talk to all of us, talk to other fans, and having a good time. We have a uh, meme channel where people share D&D memes on there. Um, we have a DM-only channel where uh, fans get to talk to the DM without the players reading in and listening in there. Uh, it's a ton of fun. Before we move on, I want to shout out somebody that shot us an email. Nathan. Nathan shot us an email. And I'm just going to read this all because it's actually uh, pretty heartwarming. Nathan says, I love the show and look forward to every episode. Thanks so much for keeping it clean, professional, fun, fascinating, etc." I work in a prison, and I hear felons talking like felons all day long. It's so refreshing to listen to you and your sister podcast to help me gear up and unwind during my commute. Truly, thank you. In the words of another great podcast, much love and stuff, Nathan. Nathan, 
Thanks for listening. Uh, that's, I mean, one of the reasons why we fell in love with actual play podcasts was being able to gear up for the day or unwind and just have a wonderful, fun, relaxing time with this fun system that we all love and enjoy. Speaking of much love and stuff, shout out to our sister podcast, Improv Tabletop, where they are finishing up their Blades in the Dark campaign over there. So go take a look at that. And uh, if you haven't heard any of their Blades in the Dark campaign, go check them out and you'll hear, you'll, you'll know why Ned was like, I'm in, when thinking about heist, he's in Blades in the Dark mode. So it's, it's a ton of fun over there. And uh, I really want to plug that. So you can see the elements of Ned's brain uh, trying to integrate the system or trying to dissect the problem here right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, lastly, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends and fellow Wacky Adventurers. But until next time, I'm Thomas Judeum, and around the table we have... Malamara. Lance Stalen. And Fleeple. Let's keep that fire going, everybody. And we'll see you all next time. <laughs>